This is Dr. Rob Harder with the Nonprofit Leadership Podcast, making your world better. What does it take to be an effective nonprofit leader today? What are the biggest challenges? What are the biggest obstacles? How should nonprofits fundraise in an economy that is constantly changing? All of these reasons combined led me to start this show. And it's my hope that through this series, people can learn not only what it takes to be an effective nonprofit organization, but to hear from effective leaders who are successfully making a positive impact in their communities. We hope you enjoy the show as together we hear how they are making their world better. Well, fundraising in the nonprofit sector is hard all the time, isn't it? But especially now, in the midst of this COVID-19 pandemic, fundraising has become even more challenging. My guest today is facing this challenge head on with creative and fresh ideas to continue raising support for her organization in order to support families specifically who are facing childhood cancer. My guest today is Brittany A. Bear Franklin. She is the CEO of Sky High. Sky High is a nonprofit organization that is committed to providing comfort, fund research, and saving lives of those fighting childhood cancer and other life-threatening conditions. I think you're going to really enjoy hearing her passion and her vision for all that she does. Enjoy today's show. Well, Brittany, thanks so much for being on the show today. You know, I want to start by giving my listeners a surprising stat. Did you know that every year in the United States, 15,780 children between birth and 19 years of age are diagnosed with cancer. Now, that's an astounding number, and my guess is you had no idea it was that high of a number. Now, Brittany, I know you're fully aware of that, and that is part of the motivation for what you do at Sky High. So perhaps you could start off by telling us a bit about you and about how and why you started Sky High 13 years ago. Well, first of all, thank you for having Sky High for Kids on the show today and allowing us to tell our story and really share those big stats with so many people across the world. But when I was 16 years old, I was visiting St. Jude, and it was actually the first time I'd ever left the state of Louisiana. At that time, I was volunteering with a small group out of Kaplan, Louisiana, and we went to the Ronald McDonald House of Memphis. The Ronald McDonald House of Memphis is one of the only RMH houses in the world that is only handling or only caring for childhood cancer patients and their families. So they are specifically for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital families only. And so I walked into the Ron McDonald House, and I'll never forget the feeling of seeing so many children and families, you know, just sick, just down and sad and it was a eye-opening experience for me right out of the gates. We went in with our group to host a Mardi Gras parade and crown a king and queen and cook a huge gumbo for all of the families. And I shared a bowl of gumbo with a patient named Dalton. He was roughly seven or eight years old, and we just had an instant connection. And Dalton was very sick. He was going through chemotherapy treatment for leukemia, and his parents had shared with us that he hadn't eaten in about two to three weeks, you know, a really good solid meal. They they get, you know, kids get really sick um, from all of the treatments that they have to go through. And I sat down with Dalton, and after, I don't know, a little while of just trying to kind of cheer him up and whatnot, he ended up tasting a bowl of gumbo and he ended up eating the entire bowl of gumbo with me. And I remember his parents' faces vividly. And I just remember him just being in a different state, very different situation than when we first met. 
And that for me just was a game changer. God had kind of planted the seed for me right then and there that I would always be involved with childhood cancer. And I was in high school, so I didn't really understand what it meant to, to, you know, see and experience disease. I didn't grow up around it. And so it was very, very, very eye-opening for me. And so fast forward to college, got really creative with some of my girlfriends, and we hosted a sporting play tournament in Lafayette, Louisiana. And that sporting play tournament was supposed to raise $10,000 to benefit St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, you know, the place that was in my heart um, from, from all the years past. And we ended up surpassing that goal and, and raising uh, upwards of 70000 and able to donate a whopping fifty grand to St. Jude. And in 2017, we ended up making our first donation to Texas Children's Cancer Center in Houston. And so we just started to spread our wings. And so I think about 2007 from the first initial donation to where we are now, and it's just remarkable. But uh, in short, our mission is to provide comfort, fun research, and save lives of children, you know, undergoing cancer treatment and, and really, really battling the war of their lives. And so that's what Sky High is here to do. And so thinking about starting this organization in college to where we are today, it's just remarkable. I love your passion. I mean, it comes through. And at Sky High, your mission is to provide comfort. It's to fund research and to save lives of those who are fighting childhood cancer, as well as other life-threatening conditions. And while you're still growing, I learned that you recently started a campaign to pursue $40 million in pledges. Now, that's paid over 10 years, but still $40 million in pledges. And it's primarily, as I understand it, to fund three big projects you're working on with the St. Jude Children's Research Hospital and Texas Children's Cancer and Hematology Center. That's a big goal and it's very bold. So, so talk about that. You know, I think I know my listeners primarily are working with the nonprofit sector. $40 million is a lot of money. What gave you the courage to go for that big of a goal? I literally just drove to Lafayette, Louisiana last week with one of our amazing staff members. We're getting ready to host a virtual event this Friday. And I looked at Grace and we were listening to another nonprofit uh, podcast. And, you know, I looked at her and I said, this is why we have to be bold. This is why we have to take big steps because there's just so much work to be done. And, you know, when we really look at each other and we think we're, we're eight really young girls on our staff, you know, with the perfect storm ahead of us with COVID and oil and gas, uh, you know, prices declining. And, and, you know, I looked at her and I said, if we don't go big, if we, if we aren't bold, then, then who's going to do it, right? Who is going to take on this challenge? Our children are dying from a disease that is only funded by the government 4%, okay? The government funds it 4% in, in terms of research. And if it isn't for organizations like Sky High for Kids, who's going to do it? You know, and somebody has to go big or go home. And so we looked at each other and we said, okay, our vision is to end childhood cancer. That's first and foremost, and that means globally. So when our team and board of directors are vetting opportunities like this, we select ones that that we know are going to have the largest impact on childhood cancer survival rates. How are we going to push that needle forward? What do we need to invest in? What do we need to educate the public about? And so at the very beginning, I remember looking at my team and asking, you know, are we really going to do this? And and everybody, after a good 18 months of, of looking at these opportunities, said, absolutely, we have to do this. Somebody has to do this. And I vividly remember uh, my hand shaking and, like, you know, it, it was a very 
surreal moment when I physically signed those contracts, both at St. Jude and Texas Children's. But I also knew that there was no doubt that we were doing the right thing. And like you said, we have time to do it. But $40 million is, is, a, is a huge challenge, especially now. But there's nothing standing in our way in terms of our passion, our faith, our integrity, our family, and our mission. That's, that's our core values. That's how we operate. And, and we know that we have children to save. We have to be the ones to give them a future. You know, we want to be the ones that know that, you know, kids get to go to prom and get their driver's license and go to college and get married and start their own family. They need that chance. Um, and so Sky High is going to give them that chance, and we're going to fight every day that we possibly can to do that. And so I think about the patients and families we've met across the way, and I think about all the children that we have lost and those that are facing long-term effects from treatment and how, you know, that really continues to motivate me as our leader, uh, but our team, our volunteers, our board members. When you meet patients fighting childhood cancer, it's a no-brainer. I mean, it's, there's, it's not a question. I mean, I'm sure you know people in your lifetime that have been diagnosed and, and have fought and, you know, either survived or unfortunately lost the battle. But, you you know, I think about my own grandfather who passed at 76 years old with liver cancer, and I watched him suffer. And he looked at me on his deathbed and said, don't ever give up for those children. I had my time. They deserve theirs. And so... That's kind of the, you know, that's the motivator, right? It's a child. So if you ever come to our office, you'll see the faces of those we're helping because we do a lot to see, touch, and feel. We bring our donors in. We connect um, our donors with with the mission uh, hands-on. And, you know, we do have 10-plus years to pay these pledges off, but our team knows that, you know, I'm determined. We're all determined to pay them off as soon as we can so we can get ready for the next big project. Okay, now if someone's listening today to this podcast and cancer has directly impacted their home and they would like to serve as an advocate to help your costs, what are the ways they can get involved? There are so many ways to get involved from joining an event committee to help us actually fundraise to complete these pledges sooner to joining one of our comfort programs where you can donate your hair for a child and fundraise for childhood cancer at the same time. You can collect pop tabs at your local schools to raise awareness or even make blankets for children fighting cancer that we actually physically deliver these blankets to when we're able to be at the hospitals. So you can serve as a voice. You know, a lot of people say a voice for the voiceless, and, and I get that, you know, and you can be an advocate. But we have a ton of ways to get involved, whether, you know, it's siblings, parents, or other relatives that want to join our mission, too. We are open and ready and need the help, and so we are always you know, encouraging people to get behind our mission and to and to get involved hands-on um, in any way possible that you can. So some volunteer, some speak to others and, and get people to join our events. Others share stories, social media. We really allow them to have any outlet to be able to live out their purpose. We have a ton of families that you know, unfortunately, like I've mentioned, have not won the battle, and they stick by sky high. They host personal events to benefit our pledges. Um, they just come and speak to, to our event attendees, you know, to see a parent get up there and tell the story about their their child and, and, the, and the journey that they went through, and then, you know, unfortunately, their child earning their angel wings way too too soon they are still feeling like they are doing something for the memory and the legacy of their child. And we want to be able to be that avenue for them. So 
it's been pretty neat to see elementary schools get involved with us, different clubs, major companies and corporations. We really do have something for everyone. And, you know, if anyone ever has a new idea, we'd also love to hear that. We're an open book. Hey, everybody, Rob here. Thanks so much for listening to the Nonprofit Leadership Show. If this is your first time listening to us, I wanted to make sure you're aware of a whole group of other interviews with fascinating guests that I've previously interviewed. Just go to our website, nonprofitleadershippodcast.org, and there you'll find numerous interviews of nonprofit leaders from all over the country, even from different countries, all trying to make their world better. I think you'll really enjoy those interviews. We want to give you more content, and we'd like to get that information to you. And all you have to do is give us your email. When you go to that website, you can put your email address in that first box you'll see on the front page, and you'll be added to our monthly email update. In addition to some great content, you'll see the latest uh, podcast shows. It will be actually sent right to your inbox. And that way you'll never miss any of the great content on this show. The other thing I'll mention to you is if you have questions or comments or you'd like to be on the show, do not hesitate to email me. I'd love to hear from you. Just do that through our website, my email, rob at ccofpc.org. Well, thanks again for listening. Now back to the show. This show, as we know, is dedicated to the nonprofit sector. And as such, I've had a lot of guests on the show talk about all things fundraising. As I've learned from them and more about your story, I understand that you have a rather unique and creative way that you go about fundraising. Maybe talk about that. Talk about your approach to fundraising. What have you learned so far? Oh, we have learned a lot in the past 13 years, but creativity is really what's got us where we are today. It all started with the sporting clay tournament, right? I thought outside the box when I was in college. You know, you thought of a car wash or a lemonade stand or maybe a bake sale, you know, on the smaller scale, which every penny counts. So we love to promote all the small things, all the medium things, as we say, and all the big things. But, you know, I was shooting sporting clays on Fridays with a group of of, uh, guys that worked in the oil and gas industry and, you know, just thought, why couldn't I get everybody together for their hobby? So why don't we ask them to make a donation and then they shoot into, you know, a tournament? And so that's that worked. And that really kicked off the sporting clay charity side of things and the phenomenon of sporting clay charity tournaments. And so uh, we normally have about 15 plus fundraising events in one fiscal year, which seems daunting to many and seems crazy, but that is what we do and it's what we do best. We want to bring the community together. I understand going out and asking donors for, you know, uh, this pledge or this donation and they don't have to, to go anywhere or get dressed up or do anything, but they don't get the full experience. In, in our opinion. And so we want to bring them together. And so we allow ideas to flow from all levels of the organization, our board of directors, our volunteers, and even our donors. We take into account every single idea. In fact, let me tell you, when everything shut down, one of our board members suggested having a stay home gala. And we did it not knowing what the un- outcome would be. And we raised $100,000 in one single hour. It was the craziest experience because we were all in in the office squeezed in, you know, with masks on and being safe and getting through the COVID recommendations and health and safety protocols. But we managed to pull it off and put on a pretty entertaining stay home gala for everyone that was stuck at home. But people were home and they were able to still give back and be entertained. And so that was one way that our board member really came out and and shared a great idea. And, And we're using creativity now and using the ideas from the team members I challenge all of my team members to come up with their own fundraising campaign, and together we would vote on, 
you know, the best idea out of the, out of the room, no matter how big or small. Grace Terrio came out with our, um, with our signed, healed and delivered yard sign campaign. I mean, think about walking in neighborhoods. You see yard signs, whether it's, you know, a high school sign or a health sign or maybe it's just your APD alarm sign. But we decided to take that idea and put it in the yards of all of our friends and family and all of our neighbors. And people are challenged to take that yard sign after they make their donation and pass it to their neighbor. And their neighbor passes it to their neighbor. So not only did that yard sign campaign raise awareness because people walking their dogs or their or putting their baby in the stroller every day could see these signs and see sky high and see this house saved the child's life. What is that? What does that mean? Let me go to the website. I mean, it raised awareness, but it also raised, you know, $5,000. And right now, we'll take any penny that we can get. And so we've been able to, to pivot and, and use our strength and be resilient and just encourage each other to be more creative. And, and I think tasking our team with these fundraising ideas have really added so many different eggs to our basket. Um, and things that I think we'll continue to use for many years to come. And so when you, when you allow or when you push or when you encourage your team members, whether they're on staff, they're your board, they're your volunteers, they're your committees to strategize together and look at all of the, the ideas, um, that, that come to the table and then you take the necessary steps to bring this into reality and start fundraising, it blows your mind what people can come up with and, you know, we delegated the duties, we divided and conquered, and, and we had a plan in place before we made any moves at all. And so we knew that with what was going on um, with COVID and, and oil and gas being our biggest donor base, we had to diversify in two areas, not only our diver- diversifying our donor base, but we had to diversify how we actually fundraise. If we couldn't host these massive events that we're used to hosting, what were we going to do? We started our grants division for the first time ever. We started the yard sign campaign. We're pushing out family foundation letters next month in creative boxes, you know, where you open the box and you get a little goodie and then you read about Sky High and we're asking people to make any contribution they they can. And we've never done that before. And so adding ways to diversify how we fundraise as well as diversifying our donor base through all of our organic marketing is really going to show when we look back in two to three years from now and look at these really hard times and say, this is proof that we never gave up and that we maintained our relationships with our donors, which are so important right now. And, you know, a lot of the first donors who supported our very first event in Lafayette 13 years ago still support our mission today because we are hands-on, because we are so passionate, and we love to see that they're still heavily involved. But we're really excited about all the creativity that has come to light. And we've looked at this challenge of COVID and really, really, really looked at it as an opportunity. Our coaches, Matt Abrams, Walter Nesbaum, have helped us look at this, our board members. And instead of looking at it as a daunting problem or, you know, to be honest, a lot of nonprofits have shut their doors. Businesses have shut their doors because they weren't solution-driven. I have a very big uh, and very uh, blunt motto in my office, and it's that I never want to hear the word no. I want a solution. Don't come to me with the word no. Come to me with a solution. And sometimes we don't know what that solution is, 
So we have to come together all as a team and vet these things out. And it might take some time, but this will be proof. Sky high for kids will be proof that our mission isn't canceled and that cancer isn't canceled and we must keep going forward. As you look back over the last 13 years of leading Sky High, what has most surprised you about leading a nonprofit organization, first of all, and what have been some of the biggest challenges? Well, that's a loaded question, if you will. But over the past 13 years of leading a nonprofit organization and and Sky High, first has been a blessing that I've been able to personally put my passion into action, like I mentioned before. But what has surprised me most is that you know, we really can sit back and look at the 13 years and see how resilient we have been and what we've done to maneuver through challenges along the way that we've always had. Running a nonprofit is not easy. We are day in and day out asking people to trust us, to trust our vision, to trust our mission, to believe in our core values, and to trust that who we will vet in terms of our mission, right? All of these childhood cancer facilities around the country, we have to, you know, get donors to trust that we are vetting properly and that we are doing our research to invest their dollars in the right projects and the projects that will move the survival rate needle forward. And so I think, you know, maybe what surprised me is that, you know, we do have so many donors that that trust us with their dollars. And I don't want, I don't want to make it sound like it's surprising because of course, you know, we do everything possible to be an open book and, and we're extremely transparent with communication, but you got to think about it. It's people's money. It's people's personal money or it's a corporation's dollars that they're handing to you and they're trusting you to put it in the right hands or in the right project and invest it the right way. And, you know, we're, all under the age of 35. I was 22 years old when we hosted the first sporting play tournament. I knew then that I would always do something to benefit childhood cancer. But, I mean, it certainly surprised me that 13 years later we're signing a $40 million pledge commitment at both St. Jude and Texas Children's and that we are, you know, moving and shaking in the direction to end childhood cancer. And so that's, that, it, that has surprised me, right, <laughs> that we're here today and that we're in this position you know, as as really young leaders that, to be completely honest, I didn't have a CEO background by any means. I've been working in the oil and gas industry at the same time for 13 years, and, you know, nor did I know how to truly lead a company, but there's something in, you know, a natural-born leader's uh, anatomy, I guess, and just the mentors and the education that I, that I continue to seek and the people that I learn from that helps you every step of the way be the best that you can be. And I think our biggest challenge, you know, has been that we are in the perfect storm in terms of COVID and the decline in oil and gas production and pricing. That is our donor base, and we are so thankful and, and grateful for the 15 plus million dollars we have been able to donate over the past 13 years because of the gracious companies and individuals that work in the energy sector to see that, you know, continue to be cyclical and to see the worst downturn in history that affects us. That is a challenge uh, as well as COVID saying, Hey, close your doors. You can't host these events with, you know, crowds of people. And so uh, it's been our biggest challenge, but, Nothing's going to stop us. And so 
We're going virtual this Friday, August 7th in Lafayette with an event that anyone and everyone can access for free from their cell phone, their computer, or, you know, screen mirroring on the TV. We're promoting small, safe watch parties. You know, we are doing yard sign campaigns, and we're going to send these letters out at the end of the year and ask people to stick with us, you know, like they've never before. And so I think regardless of our biggest challenge, nothing's going to stop us. My guest again today is Brittany A. Bear Franklin, who is the CEO of Sky High. Brittany, if people want to find out more about you or more about Sky High, where would they go? Easy. Just visit our website at skyhighforkids.org, S-K-Y-H-I-G-H-F-O-R-K-I-D-S.org. And you can find any information there. And all of our social media handles are Sky High for Kids as well. So please look us up. We are so grateful to be on your show today. What an honor. You are remarkable, and thank you for teaching me and all of our Sky High for Kids leaders out there that are on our team, because we love your podcast and we listen often. Oh, thank you so much, Brittany. Well, I really appreciate you being on the show today. And mostly, I just love your passion. Thanks for all you're doing to really um, lead a really important cause and keep it up. Thanks for your good work. I wanted to let you know that we are on iTunes. If you are wondering how to find out where we are, check us out on iTunes by typing Nonprofit Leadership Podcast or Rob Harder, and this podcast should show up. We also encourage you, when you go on iTunes, let us know what you think. Give us a review. Give us a rating. We would love to hear what you think of this podcast, and your feedback will help us expand this podcast to get it out to as many people as we can. You can also go online to listen to this podcast, either nonprofitleadershippodcast.org or my website, robharder.com. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, keep making your world better.